Ronananian. The V6 Toyotas leave a lot to be desired. If you're working on the front half, hey, that's great. Everything's 15 minutes. If you're working on the back half, uh uh-uh. Um, it's definitely not the place to be. It's, it's sort of like trying to be an ice cube in July. It just doesn't work. No, no, I want an official red undercarbon ice and 200 You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. The Car Doctor. Now, when you dial up the air conditioning, well, you can turn it up about 62 and you're okay. You go into 63 or 64 and all of a sudden it starts pumping heat out. Okay. It's out of calibration. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. And now, here's Ronnie. Is your car on the level? Hi, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. Call in now on the Car Doctor hotline, 855-560-9900. That's the toll-free number to call into the Car Doctor studio, 855-560-9900. And remember, it's 24-7, anytime, day or night, the Car Doctor's trying to work hard for you and solve your car problem. You can call, leave a message, fastharry, fastharry.com. We'll call you back and hook you up to get you in here to the studio when this show is live on the air, Saturdays, 2 to 4, um, and talk to me. We'll solve your problem together. Remember the Car Doctor's website, just a quick mention, cardoctorshow.com. There's also an affiliate list there. If you scroll over to the left side, you can go into tunein.com, look up the Car Doctor in your neck of the woods. If he's not there, if I'm not there, um, you know, by all means, drop us a line. Send an email to ron at cardoctorshow.com, and we'll be glad to talk to the radio stations in your, in your area of the country and see if we can convince them that they want to take the car doctor. We'll make them an offer they can't refuse. Uh, why not? Don't forget to visit the car doctor out on Facebook, Ron and Annie and the car doctor. Not all repairs to cars are brakes, tires, oil changes, engine computer, and so forth. Sometimes you find electronic issues in places that, well, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, didn't exist. Sometimes you have to fix it like an old car. It's like this weird balance, this thing goes on, this dynamic that you're trying to fix something high-tech, but yet you've got to do it the way you did it 25, 30 years ago. It makes you crazy. Sometimes, like life, you go full circle in auto repair to solve the problem. 2003 Buick Park Ave came into RA Automotive this week with a level issue. The rear air suspension wouldn't hold the vehicle up, and subsequently this Buick went down the road like a buckboard wagon. Well, actually, not like a buckboard. The back end was bouncing around. It looked like a yacht trying to make waves. Ba-bounce, 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 ba-bounce. Both rear shocks were blown. They were leaking oil, and the air compressor, the level ride compressor, was running all or most of the time. Initial diagnosis showed me that the compressor level sensor, there's a sensor on the left rear trailing arm that it knows when the back end is down, it turns the compressor on, it runs the compressor, picks it up, and and, and so forth. We're working. The exhaust solenoid, the solenoid that vents air out of the system if the system is overinflated, was working. The compressor had minimal air output, but it did turn on. And I'm thinking, you know, both shocks are blown. If we're serious about fixing this, Let's start by, you know, taking care of the obvious. You always start with the basics, right? Two rear shocks. Well, two rear shocks later, still no lift. 
no air in the system. There just wasn't enough to inflate the bladder of the shocks and, and bring the vehicle up any kind of reasonable height. A little more testing, and yeah, the compressor was bad. Now, on removal, the shield that protects it is is crumbling in my hands. It's just, it's like breadcrumbs. It's falling apart as I touch it. Now, somewhere in the in the in the bowels of General Motors, and I'm not sure who this engineer was, in their infinite wisdom, and somehow I think it's one of the kids I went to high school with because he's an engineer over there, and I just wonder where the common sense is because they took this level ride compressor, this electronic component, and they put it in the right rear corner of the car, underneath the car, behind the right rear tire. Now, when you're traveling down the road at 40 or 50 miles an hour, on a, on a salty, snow-filled day with road salt and calcium and whatever they're spraying in your part of the country, where do you think all that schmutz, which is a technical term, goes? It comes off the right rear tire and it blows up onto the AC. It blows up onto the level ride compressor. In short order, it crumpled the protective shield. It just fell apart in my hands. Now, you know, my first thought is, well, yeah, that's where I'd put it, right in the line of fire. So all the road water, salt, debris, salt, calcium, and everything else you could think of hits it. But that's not the biggest problem. The compressor, the level ride compressor, was just a tad over $800. The problem is the compressor was available. The shield was not. So I've got this 800 something dollar compressor I've got to put in this car, but I can't put it in because the shield that I need to protect it that rotted away, which broke the first compressor, is is now going to break the second one. I'm going to make a shield. I decided. You know what? And, and this is where you go full circle. This is where life kind of plays that trick on you when you least expect it. You know, you think, eh, you know what? I'll get a little older. I'll work on cars. I'll just buy parts. I'll plug them in. I'll diagnose it. How hard could it be? 41 years later, you're back to doing it like you were a kid in the driveway. You're making parts to make something work because that's what you have to do. Now, in another lifetime, many, many years ago, when dirt was invented and the car doctor was young, I, I was a, a sheet metal technician. I used to do um, pan break and um, used to work the uh, sheet metal machine at the local college and actually took some courses in it. And I guess it kind of came in handy. I went over to my friend Kenny's shop over in Wyckoff and I got familiar with his, his, his brake machine. And I'm not talking like a brake lathe. We're talking about a, a sheet metal bender. And we bent up a sheet metal box, small stainless box and a cover, and it'll go on and protect the new compressor little trim here, a little snip there, drill a couple of holes, voila, it works. Bottom line, auto repair always has been and always will be doing what you have to do to repair something. I explained the situation to the customer. I sat him down. I said, John, here's the deal. You want to keep this car. I know you want to keep driving. He's 81 now, and this is he really likes this car. And like he said, I don't see the point in in, in, in replacing and putting a $30,000, $35,000 car in the driveway, at my age, I'm, I'm happy to be driving. I don't go far. I don't need to spend the money. Fix it. He knew what was involved. It's cheaper than a new car. And quite frankly, it was a job I really enjoyed doing because it gave me, the technician, a very deep sense of satisfaction. It made me realize what drew me into auto repair in the first place, which was the second part of the circle of life, as I call it. You know, you forget that working with your hands and working with your mind and overcoming an obstacle and something that somebody said couldn't be done, you were able to do. 
to re- make repairs without parts by making the parts, ah, there's just nothing better. Working with your hands and your mind, that's what's auto repair. That's what auto repair is really all about. Just fix it. Hello and welcome, Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor. Happy to be here, proud to serve. Thank you for taking me into your home or your car, your iPad or your podcast or wherever you're listening to the Car Doctor today. Uh, you know, we're, we're actually in a couple of very amazing places. I received a very nice email from a listener out in Park Ridge, Illinois. I forget the gentleman's name at the moment, but he, he listens to us while he's in the gym. He says, Ron, uh, you're a fan for life. I really enjoy listening to the show. You make the exercise class go that much faster, and I learn something about cars. And uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit there. But, you know, that's what makes doing radio that much better because you're out there helping people and you're giving them a little bit of something back in an age when it's kind of tough to do in this day and age. It's, um, it's, it's a tough world out there. We're glad to be here and help everybody out there. There are podcasts of this radio show at cardoctorshow.com as well as an affiliate list, as I pointed out earlier. You can get over to TuneIn. And don't forget, if you're so inclined, get out to the iTunes store and download the Car Doctor. You can subscribe to podcasts right through the iTunes store. This hour, we're going to be giving away an Escort Passport Max. That's right. It is hoo-ha, the week before Christmas, the week before the holidays. We're going to be giving away an Escort Passport Max. The holiday closet is kicked open. Fast Harry's locked out of it, but, you know, I've given Tom Ray the key to it, so Tom knows how to get it. It is the first radar detector with HD radar performance. It's equipped with unique Features like AutoLearn and the Defender Database, exclusive to Escort. And the Passport Max really delivers quicker response time. I can tell you, we're up in a new studio up in central New York this this week. We're, we're moving things around a little bit as we prepare for 2014. We're building our next studio um, out of the house. You're going to be hearing from the car doctor coming out of the uh, household studios in a short time soon. As soon as we find Carpenter Bob, who's among the missing to cut the hole to make the window. That's another story, folks. But um, we used our Passport Max today. Not that we were speeding, but it was just nice to know while we were cruising along at 68 miles an hour on the thruway, it, it went off a couple of times and told us what was going on up ahead. We actually avoided some traffic and a situation with an accident down around the bend somewhere between exit 16 and 17 on the thruway. So having a radar detector really is a great thing to do. So we'll be giving away one of those this hour, but we are here to take your calls at 855-560-9900, and we'll be back to start right after this. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Hey, welcome back. We're on the Indian, the car doctor. Let's get over and talk to Rob in West, Westbrook, Westbrook, Maine. Talking is very important on radio. You have to enunciate and see what's going on with the 2007 Chrysler Pacifica. Hey, Rob, you're on with the car doctor. How can I help you, sir? Hey, Ron, how are you? Good. What's going on? On the Pacifica, um, the windshield wipers, I cannot get them to work. Um, everything else on the multifunction stock works, the rear windshield wiper, the windshield washers, but I can't get the front wipers to work. And I was just wondering, A, if you have any idea what that could be, and B, if one of the 
the use scans or those the scanners you've been talking about would be something that could figure out you know what's going on with something like that. A use scan by itself won't really resolve that for you. Let me ask you this: is is it just that the wipers don't work? Is there anything else not working in the vehicle? That's it. Just the wipers. Okay. Everything else works. The uh, dash works. Everything else on the stock works. Okay. Is you know this could be something as simple as just a bad wiper motor. Bob, I mean, okay. this this may not be anything computer-related, computer-involved. Um, you know, my advice would be, and there's not a lot that's common here. We've done a few wiper motors, but usually it's for noise or grinding. Um, you know, obviously, I'm going to tell you to get out a wiring diagram and go through the circuit and just make sure, you know, fuse good, fuse is good. Um, you turn the wiper switch on if you're handy with a voltmeter and just check to see do you have voltage at the correct wire at the wiper motor when you turn the wiper switch on low, medium, and high. Um, you know, you're, okay. you're just dealing with a basic motor here. Um, don't overcomplicate it and add a scan tool to it until you have to. Now, there is one complication in that on this vehicle, I do believe wiper input request goes through the BCM, the body computer module. And okay. there may be some involvement there, but the fact that the that, that's why I asked about the dash, all right, to tip my hand. Um, if you told me the dash wasn't working as well as the wipers, then I would tell you you've more than likely got a communication issue with the BCM. But the fact that the dash is working, the BCM is therefore communicating, I'm going to tell you to go look A, fuse, B, possibly a wiper motor, C, test the switch. The switch itself could be bad. It's a multifunction. There may be a problem on the wiper portion of it and just be that simple as as complicated as that may sound. Well, I hope it's that simple. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I, I hope so too for your sake, but let's not let's not overcomplicate it. You know, and it's a shame. You know, it's funny. They don't make the Pacifica anymore. It was only out there a couple of years, and it was a really a good car. Um, a lot of people liked them. They just didn't seem to catch on. In abundance, a lot of the underpinnings for that vehicle, just so you know, should you ever have to go looking, if you run into things you can't get, some of the things from caravans and voyagers will transfer over to Pacificas, um, but you've got to be specific in what you're looking for if you ever run into that. Sometimes there are parts issues for Pacificas. They're not uh, they're not as randomly abundant as they once were. Yeah, it uh, should last a long time. It's uh, an 07, and it just turned 50,000 miles, so it should uh, last a good long time, hopefully, before I have to do anything with that. Now, now you're up in Maine. Let me ask you a question, if I may. Uh, you know, sure. last winter, we had a pile of calls with comments and concerns about the road salt up in Maine and the calcium and what they were throwing down on the road. Do you find that your vehicle is rusting severely? Are you having any problems the way they treat the roads up in Maine? Not with that one, but I do have a 98 Tahoe that um, that just has 100,000 miles. Um, three or four years ago, everything was great. Um, this year, during inspection, they told me the frame probably will last another year. So it's uh, it's rotted through that pretty much from, from metal to, to nothing in, in four years. Wow. That's just – and you've owned that vehicle up there since new? Uh, since 2000. Wow. So I guess I guess you kind of replace cars up there. Um, what's the word at random or on a surprise basis? Sometimes you put your foot through the floor and away you go. Oh, it was crazy! I had to um, redo the seal on the rear end, and I took the spare tire off that I've never used, 
and literally the 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 rim on the spare tire uh was gone i mean it was just nothing to it you could put your finger right through it the the tear the tire had no air just just completely rotted to nothing now in maine um, have they changed the way they are treating the roads as a result of the issues they're having? You know, last year they were talking about, let me see if I can remember it. Was it the Bath, B-A-T-H, the Bath Bridge? The supporting yes. mounts were, were rotting away and corroding so bad the bridge was in danger. Uh, it had some structural issues. Have they changed the way that they're treating the roads or do they continue to put down the same product? It looks to me the same product. I mean, it's just a mess. It's funny that they can't they can't find a substitute because that seems to be a problem unique to Maine. I'm not sure why it why it works like that. So, oh yeah, um, you go by any of the little bridges on on any of the side roads or any of the side highways, and and you know most of you'll see the the bottom portion of them are all all starting to corrode. It's a shame. Yeah, Ro- yeah well, it's going to cost them a lot more money in the long run if that keeps going on. Right, and well, and you know who it's going to cost, Rob? Yeah, me. Yeah, it's going to cost you. So you better fix your wipers cheap. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, listen, take my email, ron at cardoctorshow.com. It's real easy to remember. If you're you're running to a problem, if you need a wiring diagram during the week, if you email me, ron at cardoctorshow.com, spell out the doctor part, and I'll be glad to do a click, copy, paste, and I'll shoot you a wiring diagram out of all data if that helps you and uh, gets you going in the right direction, at least then you can trace out the circuit and kind of go from there. Um, Going back to your other comment about the U-Scan, while it won't help you fix this problem, if you're a handy guy and you're going to be doing some work on cars and it sounds like you like working on your own car. um, You know enough to be dangerous. Well, you know what? And sometimes having more knowledge makes you less dangerous because you can have less problems. You know, for the 100 bucks that it is, if you if you maybe leave a note out, maybe Santa will bring you a U-scan for Christmas. It couldn't hurt. I sent him a letter for it. So. Oh, there you go. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. I'll, um, I'll let you know. I have to leave after this show. We're going to the North Pole to uh, help Santa get the sleigh ready. It's part of our tradition that uh, we go through every year because uh, Santa wants to make sure that he's safe and he doesn't break down on the road. The car doctor's been volunteering his time at the North Pole for the last, well, I can't say how many years, but it's been a while. Rob, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I want to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season, a safe New Year, and we're glad to count you as a Car Doctor listener. You take good care. All righty. I'm Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. That's the Jingle Bell Hey, 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 Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor kind of rolling along this hour. By the way, I should point out, coming up just before the end of this hour, and if you're a longtime Car Doctor listener, you know what this time of year means. We've got a very special treat for you because we're going to do the Car Doctor night before Christmas. That's coming up before the end of the hour. Right now, let's get over to the phones and go talk to Bob in Phillipsburg, New Jersey, a longtime Car Doctor listener who probably has heard the Car Doctor night before Christmas, I'm sure, at least once or twice. And we're glad to have him back with us today. Bob, welcome to the car doctor, sir. What's going on today? Yes, welcome. And uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours, and hope you get something neat under your tray. Yep. Uh, I, I do I, I, I do every – you know what, Bob? You want to know in all honesty, I got the best thing under my tree this year. My daughter came home from Afghanistan, and there's nothing better than that. 
So uh, I'm sure you're proud you of know, her. It's, uh, um, you well, know, we look, fought the use can the last time I talked to you, and I set it on the kitchen table, and it's got a bow on it. It's underneath the tree, so I can't mess with it. But, uh, <laughs> the old 92 Passat, uh, I'm going to keep it for a while. It's almost 300000 but it does have an issue with carbon. Okay. And you talked about uh, CRC one tank power renew. Right. And does this really help? Yeah, I've got to tell you, before, if I was looking for something on a maintenance or a possible fix issue, I would start with CRC One Tank Power Renew. It's the strongest stuff on the market I've found to date. As a matter of fact, I had some CRC One Tank Power Renew for diesel at the shop. I had a couple of bottles of that that we had gotten in a shipment when we got the stuff for gas, and we ordered a little of both. And I haven't really used it a lot. We've got a couple of diesel customers. We've given some out. Um, the one that did use it reported some very favorable things. I'm in the midst of running a test right now as we speak. The local Nissan dealer has a tech up there who has a diesel Ford that was told he needs to replace one of the injectors because it's got an issue from fuel, that the fuel has varnished up and caused issues. And I don't know if varnish is the right word. It's diesel. But they're saying it's a fuel contaminant, fuel problem upon the injector. Gave him a bottle of CRC One Tank Power. He knew he was going to get back to me in the next two weeks and tell me if it fixes it. And if it does, uh, that's a story to tell because I really believe that that stuff works very well. So if you've got a carbon issue, Bob, I would start there yeah. if that's your question. Well, my biggest problem is is I can't find it. I've checked all the local uh, uh, arts houses around our way, and I'll walk in and I ask them about it, and I get a, a, a you know, they just stare at me like, what are you talking about? Did you go online? Can I buy this? Did you go online and look at O'Reilly Auto Parts? Yeah. And did O'Reilly Auto Parts have it? Yeah. We don't have any around our way, but will they ship that? Uh, I would think so, sure. Absolutely. Okay. Um, it's And it's actually the, the web address for O'Reilly Auto Parts is O'ReillyAuto.com. Okay. All right? All right. But that's that's where I would look for that. And, and, and start start the game from there. Yeah. If not, get get out to CRC. Go to CRCIndustries.com. What do we ever do without the Internet to fix cars, right, Bob? But get out to CRCIndustries.com, and there's an 800 number there, and you can give them a call and say, hey, I'm Bob in, in, in New Jersey, and I'm looking yeah. for CRC One Tank Power Renew. Where can I get it? I'm sure they can help you. But I would think O'ReillyAuto.com will be the place to go, and that will solve it for you. Now, do you do, do you, when you use this, do you drive normally or just just normally? The instructions are on the bottle. They want you to fill it up. Um, they want you to you know bring the tank down to a certain level, pour it in, then fill the tank up with a certain amount of gallonage, etc. There's very specific directions on the bottle. It's simple and easy to use, and um, it, you know it's it's just follow the directions on the bottle. I couldn't say it any simpler. All right. I'll keep you posted. Hey Bob, you know what? Don't keep me posted. Do this. Stay on the phone. And we're going to have Harry try and get back to you. If he can't, Harry's going to call you because we've decided that we're going to give you the Escort Passport Max. We're going to give you a little bit more company under the tree there. The Escort Passport Max radar detector is the first radar detector with HD radar performance. It's equipped with Escort features like AutoLearn and the Defender database. The Passport Max features high-speed digital signal processing, which removes RF interference and identifies radar threats that other detectors just won't see. So, uh, you know what? You've been a longtime Car Doctor listener, and we want to extend this to you and say Merry Christmas and all that. If you just stay put, we'll uh, we'll get back to you on the phones. Or you know what? I'll tell you what. Let's do it this way. Fast Harry, we'll call you back in a little bit, 
and get your shipping address information. But you can look for that Escort Passport Max to be under your tree for Christmas. How's that, buddy? Thank you so much. God bless you. you you're welcome, Bob. You take good care. Let's uh, let's. I'll tell you that's um, that's that's what it's all about in radio. Bob has been a car doctor listener the better part of fifteen years. And there's a guy that I think will really enjoy it. He's um, I've met Bob. I've talked to Bob a couple of times. He's an older fella. He uh, um, he's into cars. He's into trucks. He's a he's a refrigeration mechanic, and um, he works on Volkswagens as a as a pastime as a, as a sideline, and um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So let's get over to the phones. I see we have a call. Let's get over and talk to. Let's see who's on the phone. Who's there? This is uh, my my call screen went blank again. Fast Harry must have thumbs thumbs went at it. Oh, it's Tom. Hi. Oh, okay. Tom, how are you doing? Tom, how are you? How can I help you today, sir? I bought a 1975 Ford Maverick. Okay. And the dash lights don't work, and the dome light doesn't work, and the gas gauge doesn't work. Okay. And the guy that I bought it from said he did. There was, there's like a two um, walls in the firewall, and there's another wall on the inside someplace. And he said that was plugged. And so he had to take get in there and fix a, hole, a couple of holes in there. And and he and I'm thinking that the wiring is someplace in there that there might be a problem. I'm wondering, should I, you know, what what am I looking in there? Is there some kind of wiring harness I can buy just to put in there, and or what am I looking at? Well, first of all, we're talking '75. We're what 40 years ago. Yes. So okay, yeah. be, before you do anything, my advice is we've got to get a wiring diagram for this vehicle. Okay. Because a lot can happen over 40 years. The fact that somebody worked on it before you, he's not the first guy to work on this car. In its 40-year history, it's probably been passed through more than a few hands. So until we know what we're looking at, until we know what it is we're trying to see, trying to fix this becomes a game of frustration. Um, I, I will do this for you, Tom. If you email me during the week, ron at cardoctorshow.com, I don't remember off the top of my head if my library goes back quite that far. I think it does. I think I go back to the 50s. Whether I've actually got a 75 Maverick wiring diagram in the library, I've got to look. I don't want to say for sure until I look. But I'd want to see, do we have a wiring diagram for it? That's number one. Number two, do the you said the dash lights don't work, the gas gauge doesn't work. When you turn the key to the on position, does any of the dashboard illuminate? Yes, it has the um, alternator light comes on, and the, and there's a couple lights on there that come on that do come on. Yes. Okay, so something is plugged in in the back. It sounds like, uh, you know, are you able to pull the cluster and get to the connector that's coming up where it plugs into? Oh, well, I haven't gotten into it yet. I just bought the okay. car, and I'm just looking at what you know I, where I should go at it first. You now, probably what I would do is wiring diagram in hand, pull the cluster. Okay. And then start looking down the connector, you know, for conversation's sake. The top wire is the brown feed from the fuel gauge center. Does it show a resistance value? Does it have anything on it? And start going through the connector to see, A, does it match the wiring diagram? B, does it show proper voltage or proper signal that's supposed to be there? Because it sounds like what you're describing to me is the harness might be cut or damaged or missing, and, you know, I want to try and break this down into some kind of logical order or logical sequence. I want you to start with a wiring diagram. Okay, great. And another thing, I want to um, – I'm looking to uh, put um, – the, the, somebody put a window trim on there, and it didn't, they didn't put it on there right. And I was wondering where would I be able to get another uh, 
window molding. Uh, if anybody's going to have it for a 75 Ford Maverick, get out to the Internet and Google Ford obsolete parts or green Ford sales. They're in Ohio or Illinois. They keep all dealer new old stock, dealer going out of business, leftovers, etc. Green Sales is the name of the company. And like I said, they're somewhere in central United States. I believe it's Ohio or Illinois. If anybody will have it, they will. Okay, and I'd like to put um, kind of put tires on there. Is there um, could I put like oversized tires? And I was wondering how big could I go without them rubbing? And yeah, how big can you go with them rubbing? Is just a question of measuring how big the wheel well opening is, and then how reasonably, how much bigger do you want to go? What are you trying to accomplish? Is it a look? Is it handling? Is it safety? Is it that tire size is no longer available? And that's that's a preference on your own. Keep in mind, there's no computer involved here. It's physical fitment, and a lot of this was trial and error back in the day when we put bigger tires on cars. Best answer I got. Okay, and then um, it doesn't have a cigarette lighter socket in there either. I'll tell you what, Tom, stay put. All right, we got to pull over and take a pause. I'm Ron Annie and the Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this. a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black heel. Dashing through the snow. In my rusty Chevrolet, down the road I go, sliding all the way. I need new piston rings, I need some new snow tires. My car is held together by a piece of chicken wire. Oh, rust and smoke, the heaters Hey, broke. hey, hey, Ron and Andy in the car, away. Doctor, here. Let's, uh, let's rock and roll as we kind of wind things down. Let's go back to Tom. Tom, are you there? still there, sir? Yes, I am. You had a question. You had one more on your uh, Maverick, I believe it was? Yeah, I, I want to put a cigarette lighter in that, and uh, it doesn't have one, so I want to put my GPS in there. Okay. Well, you want a power port. Uh, power port or a cigarette lighter? Uh, I want to put a cigarette lighter. Okay. Um, you, you know, you've got to look through accessories. Best place to go? Get out online. Go to O'ReillyAuto.com. Take a look at O'Reilly Auto Parts, O'ReillyAuto.com. You can go through their website, type in cigarette lighter, type in auxiliary power port. Um, you know, if you're looking for a specific cigarette lighter, that's going to be a little bit of a different animal, but you can also get power ports that screw to the bottom of the dashboard or plug in somewhere that will allow you to quite possibly do just what it is you want to do. You've got to look at pictures, um, which is why I like doing it on the web. All right? Okay. Well, i got one more question. Um, there's two older ladies that live in my complex. Okay. They're just curious on how long their names are. One of them's Kay and one of them's Helen. And they would like to know how long they should run their cars in the winter when they start them off. What kind of cars are they, do you know? Do you know what kind of cars they are, Tom? One's a Buick and one's, um, I think it's a Chevy. Older, newer? One's uh, 11 years old and one's, they're both about like 10 or 11 years old. Okay. You know, it depends on the weather. Listen, a a lot of controversy in the industry of late that they talk about, you know, warm-up just shouldn't be there. My opinion, and from what I've seen, Everything needs a little bit of warm-up. From a human being to an automobile, no.
better out of a cold garage first thing on a winter morning and can do the job they're supposed to do. Minimum of 30 seconds, maximum of four minutes, all right? If it's an older car and, you know, you've got the ability to, you know, let it run a little bit longer, go ahead, let it run, because you really can sit there and say, if you're going to have the failure, you're better off you're better off having it at home. So 30 seconds minimum, four-minute maximum, they should be just fine. If they want to go a little bit longer, they're not hurting anything. They're burning a little bit more fuel, but I'd rather see them safe in warm cars, especially with the winter fast upon us. All right, sir? Great. Well, anyway, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome, Tom. You guys have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You're very welcome, sir. You take good care. Uh, you know, it's it's that time of year when we do some different things here at the car doctor but first let's go over to tom real quick and see what's going on here tom are you there sir yes i am here how can i help you uh so it's time to change my uh, cvt tranny fluid on my 2007 nissan murano okay and uh the the, i'm getting different stories and different costs Uh, the dealer wants 400 dollars to do it yeah not cheap fluid and to my knowledge, the only place you can get that fluid is the Nissan dealer. It is an involved process, but here's the deal, all right? In order to do that repair, they actually need um, access to factory scan tool. They've got to go in and check a bunch of parameters. You know, the funny thing is they don't really tell you that. They tell you that the trans fluid never really needs to be changed unless it's causing a problem. And if it's causing a problem, they say that at that point it's too late. Um, so it's it's kind of an issue. Do this for me, Tom. Send me an email, ron at cardoctorshow.com, and let me take a look at the – send me the VIN of that vehicle, and I'd like to um, uh, take a look at what you've got. I can send you some better information that I can do for you here on the air. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor coming up next. Something special. Don't go away. was the night before Christmas and all through the dark. Not a car was still broken. All the plugs had their spark. The wrenches were stashed all snug in their boxes while me by myself was having Christmas party leftovers, some bagels and loxes. When out from the lot there rose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet and yelled, hey, what's the matter? Now what to my bloodshot, tired eyes should appear but some crazy old guy went sleigh with reindeer. I winced and I cried, oh great, just one more. I'd rather sit back, have a cup of tea and some s'mores. He approached the front door with a smile so bright, I quickly unlocked it and turned back on the office light. Excuse me, kind sir, but I'm having some trouble. The left runner on my sleigh has started to wobble. The balance is wrong and it pulls to the right. The reindeer are working too hard this cold night. I have so much to do and no time left to do it. Do you think that you could, well, please get right to it? Without saying a word, I went to work right away. Too bad the alignment machine had no specs for a sleigh. Meanwhile, the reindeer were prancing around. That Rudolph and Comet, what a couple of clowns. In a matter of moments, time 1.2, the runner was straight and the alignment done too. I helped him load up all the presents but one. He left it to pay me for cash. He had none. I hope it's from Snap-on, a half-inch drive air gun. He started the sleigh by merely calling their names on Dasher and Dancer, Donner and Blitzen. Get up off your butts, Rudolph Comet and Vixen. It started to idle and float in the air. Then Rudolph lit up the sky with his nose extraordinaire. And I heard him exclaim, this could have been quite a mess. 
The car doctor rings true. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're really priceless. May your days be merry and bright. And may all your Christmases be white.